Hi, my name is Fermi, and today we have here Nancy Schwartz. She's the author of Up, Not Down Syndrome. Nancy, could you tell me uh, about your book that you wrote? Yeah, sure, Fermi. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me on, and I really appreciate this opportunity, so thank you. Um, my book, Up, Not Down Syndrome, is about all the lessons that I've learned from my third son, Alex. Like, I'm aware of like the challenges that came with like having your son and like all the things you have done to just like take care of your son, but like the audience, the audience isn't. And so I just want you to give like a summary of like why this book was written, why this book is something in this world now. Well, sure. So for me, when Alex was born, um, I thought my life was over because his diagnosis was one that I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. um, trisomy 21 is the medical term for Down syndrome. And basically, we, I just never knew much about that. It just was, I thought it was going to be the end of my life. And what did I do to my family? And um, I went through a really a dark, difficult time. And it took a whole community of people around me to help make me realize that he's beautiful baby, perfect, like every other baby under the sun. And he just brings so much light to everyone. And it's become from, it went from, you know, the end of my life, oh my God, what are we going to do? To he's one of our greatest blessings and yeah, yeah. My greatest teacher. He doesn't walk yet. He doesn't talk yet. He can't hold a pencil yet. And I say yet, because you never know. Mm -hmm. But he does so much. He has so many gifts that he can do 30 laps in an Olympic-sized pool. He's studying the cello. He's in his second year of studying the cello. Second year? Second year. He wow. knows more about the cello than I do. <laughs> he needs help, and that's a cello in the background. My cello. It's collecting dust. But um, he knows so much more about things that I don't necessarily know. And he yeah. has gifts in ways that I never knew could be. So I could go on and on. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, during the time when, like, you first had uh, him, Alex, and I just want to understand, like, once you start to, like, you know, gain that strength to be able, like, you know, to understand his problem, uh, what was going on, like, was it first a mental decision to, you know, to carry him? Or was it more of, like, a action? Was it just, like, you know... Like, I'll just do it. Like, it's just an action. Or so I had no idea that he had this. This was a surprise at his birth. So I didn't know ahead of time. Yes, yes, I'm, oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so mentally, you know, when he was born, that's such a great question. I think um, the woman that came to the hospital, Grace Waddell, is a parent of another young man who's 18 now. And um, she, she told me three things. She said, people will respond to him the way that you respond. I mean, she visited me in the hospital. I'm like still just gave birth and she's telling me these three amazing things that people respond to him the way that you respond to him. Mm. In other words, that my attitude will color how the world will see him. And so that was really, really helpful. She also said, um, Grace said that he's an addition to your family. He's not gonna take anything away from your other yeah. two boys. He's just an addition. And she said, you know, every day, say the serenity prayer. Are you familiar with that? You know, yes, yes, yes. Control what you can't control. And those three things for me, believe it or not, 
really, it was like medicine for my soul. I mean, it just, it really helped me because she walked this walk and she has this incredible son who's traveled to Russia and does all sorts of interesting things. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me see that, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. And it's, it's going to be more than okay. So. Yes. I like what Grace said about, you know, that the way, uh, uh, the way you perceive him is the way others will kind of perceive him. So yeah. like, like uh, there's this movie I watched uh, recently, actually, it's called Friends with Benefits. And it, like the, the main character, Justin Timberlake, his father has Alzheimer's and like he just takes his pants off and just doesn't care and takes his pants off anywhere. Right. Wow. Like this character, like always yells at his father, like, don't, don't do this. We're in the public. But like as girl, uh, the girl that he was talking to and fell in love with, was just like, you know, it's what, it's about what you believe, not what, why, you know, not others, not people are watching because you have to be there to support him. Right. That's, so one that's day, right. ultimately our, our opinion of ourselves and our family and those we love is what's yeah. important. And, you know, we don't always see that because you're always looking in the outside, but really it is, it's an inside job. Inside, yes. And, yes. you know, she went on to say, you know, get him a cute haircut, um, dress him nicely, you know, all those things that you don't think really matter, but they do. Yes. Of course, during a pandemic, it's hard to get a haircut. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Like my hair is just overgrown <laughs> right now. <laughs> I just, uh, when you kept saying that, like, it, it seems that you have a lot of built-in hope for your son and just for your life in itself. And like, how did you gain that? Are you like naturally an optimistic person or did, was that a self-built, you know, trait? You know, I, I think it's my parents because you know, my dad fought in World War II and had to pretend there were bullets in a gun that didn't have bullets. And he wrote a, an unpublished memoir about his time there when he got a silver star during World War II. And um, I think his, you know, resilience and then my mom's optimism, she, I mean, she could just, she's like sunshine. She just, she emanates positiveness. She's from Minnesota. And, you know, I'll just give you an example. If she sees a car with a Minnesota license plate, she would stop get out and say, oh, you're from Minnesota. <laughs> like she, she just, she has this like incredible light. Right now she has dementia and she's uh -oh. forgetting a lot. And every conversation is, I miss you, I love you now. But, you know, for my whole time growing up, just such a positive person. I think I, I would really attribute a lot of my optimism to her and my dad. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It starts, it really starts with our parents. It, it's important. And like, the same sort of you know trait that you have are you trying to like sort of like mold that in, into your like your other your other children i do and we i had a conversation with my older son about it and he's like how do you maintain that and you know we really talk about it a lot and some days it's harder than others honestly i mean right now there's times i'm exhausted you yeah. know i see another hashtag of a, a person killed uh, by police or i see um the pandemic the numbers rising i mean there's definitely challenges each day yes um, yeah those I, challenges are i ultimately have hope i just finished um barack obama's book a promised land read in his voice on audible right. and i mean so much hope there he just 
I, I'm optimistic, no matter what. I, I just feel like we have so many amazing teachers in this world that, you know, there's a lot of hope. So yeah. no matter what. And why, why is teaching important to you? Teaching? Um, oh, okay. <laughs> teaching is important to me because I feel like I can make a difference in the world. And maybe some of my students that I've seen, you know, as young kids, like five years old coming from Lithuania with no English, and then maybe now have English and are at Brown studying, like that's one of my students, or at Penn, one of my students from Turkey, you know, just flourishing and blossoming there. It's just, it's amazing to see that. Even you, you know, we met not long ago and you were this young, young kid and here you are in college making your own podcast i mean it's incredible it's like these seeds you plant in a garden and then they flourish and, and it's just amazing yes yes no like it was it's it's pretty great because i i myself was born in nigeria and when i came here like i kind of had to like build up like everything like you know english i had to like i spoke a little bit of english but but like i you know like now when i'm talking like people are like oh like you know these He's been here forever. I'm just like, no, I was not here forever. I came yeah. here on seven. I'm 20 now, but it's wow. a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I definitely understand that. Um, but the kids that you like, you know, teach and you help, like, what's like a very important like message you kind of give them? Not like through speech, but like through action. What sort of message do you really give them? Well, you know, it's funny, I'm taking this class at the GS Penn, University of Pennsylvania, Penn GSE um, on radical growth mindset and flux pedagogy. And in that class, we're talking about safe space versus brave space mm -hmm. and creating that for my ESL students because they're coming from other countries and yeah. they're you know, not used to being here. And I think it's about not just making it safe, like okay and polite, yeah. like an incredibly good feeling that they feel part of the community, that it's not just, you know, we're gonna help this person learn English, but that they're gonna become part of our fabric of our lives and yeah. that, that they feel that, that belongingness. And not just someone um, used the term aggressive politeness, not just polite like to that point, but like that they really feel that they are us and it's not they, them, but us. Yes, yes. No, I, I, I understand because like learning English, can you cannot learn English on Duolingo, you know, like those apps to learn English, but like, it, and from a different country, because it's sort of, you also have to kind of immerse yourself within the culture to That's kind right. of understand it because of like English is not like a, English is so weird. <laughs> like <laughs> any language too. It's just more of like, we yeah. have, you have the, you have like the, you know, proper way to say things, but like people tend to not talk in a proper sense. Like we have our home, like, you know, just, different ways of talking in different communities like the way you talk in new york city is different from the way you talk in minnesota so Definitely. and there's also like even with young kids which is what i you know primarily teach young kids is that yeah. there's the underground language you know, yeah. there's language that you have in the classroom but then there's the underground language that happens in the hallway or yes the with your friends and your <laughs> The nuance of that and teaching that it's it's a lot and I think it can be culture shock and overwhelming for kids that come and don't have um, you know many resources it, it depends on what you're coming with and it can be really really challenging yeah and I see with your life like what God has kind of instilled in your life is the fact of like you have challenges but through that challenge you've been optimistic and you have been persistent and you have had perseverance and then through your work 
like I see also that there's a lot of persist, uh, persistency and there's a lot of perseverance with your kids and stuff. So like my, my question is basically, how do you kind of stay happy within all this like trial and tribulations and consistent? Well, I think it's a choice. I mean, it is a definite choice and it's an inside job. And I think oh, you, I like you that. Can wake up like Wayne Dyer, this writer said, you can wake up and say, good God, it's morning. A <laughs> <laughs> good morning, God. Like you can have that choice every day, every moment, like how you're going to react. Mm. And it's not to say that we're all perfect all the time because we're not. But I mean, I think if your basic feeling is a gratitude and that you're, you know, happy that you have a roof over your head or food to eat that day and um, people that love you, mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's all that's most important. Yeah. No, I heard this story uh, that actually is pretty, pretty important. Like Bill Gates, when he was still like not, you know, the Bill Gates, like he would not have money to buy a newspaper. And then the newspaper man would just be like, here, you have it for free. And it was like, oh, but I don't have money this year. Have it for free. And then like a few years later, he also like didn't have the money to buy it. And the guy, the same guy gave him the, like the newspaper. And then when Bill Gates became like rich and everything, he, he set out to go look for this man like 17 years later. Wow. He finds this man and he's like, oh, ask me anything. I'll fix, uh, I'll help you. And the man was like, you really think I need help? Aww. Like I'm not a rich man, nor am I a poor man. It's, if I'm able to give, give back to anyone when I am yes. or uh, like, you know, not well off, I already have everything I need in my life. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. And I love that. Yes. That's yeah. Exactly. Like that, that's, that's the part. And like, so you believe that happiness is more of like a, a, like a choice with the way you perceive life like you wake up and you're so cheerful like, well that sounds very white supremacist and privileged of me to say but no no I, no no i think like everything's perfect and everyone should just choose because you know if you have no food to eat or you're being persecuted i mean it's not but i think you know ultimately for myself and my privileged life that i have which yeah. i recognize is very privileged i've had a lot of you know luck with my life um you know, it is definitely my choice that, you know, I could say, oh, well, this is like, you know, the Dennis Prager story, there's this big mosaic ceiling and there's mm. one tile missing. And, um, you know, a lot of times we, we just dwell on that one tile that's yeah, missing, it's not the incredible, beautiful mosaic ceiling. Yeah. I, think I try really hard to look at the whole ceiling and maybe not necessarily just that one part that might yeah. be I definitely believe that it's not because like, you know, you're privileged or anything because of the fact that like, like uh, I've read Viktor Frankl. I'm sure you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this book, like it really like helped me a lot when it, when it deals with like happiness and purpose. And it's yeah. for you hundred yeah. percent, like your son, uh, the, uh, your son, like there was a lot of purpose driven in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there was, it was hard to find happiness there, but there, but definitely you found purpose and that still kept you going. And with your job and with your family and just in general, there's yeah. purpose. Like you tell, like I've, I asked some people like, why do you work this job? Oh, I just need money. But you, it's because of the fact that you want to help these kids grow and, and yeah. just become, you know, like help them with English and just, become who they can be, like grow up, right? And I, that's, that's wonderful. And it's just 
actually pretty great. So like, and he has that quote, he's like, most people don't look for happiness. Yeah. He's to find it. Yeah. But through purpose, like if you can make, if you can find, because life is suffering. If you can find meaning to that suffering, it's not suffering anymore. Right. And it's a choice. It's your choice. You know, yeah. Frankel talks about that, about the yeah. choice in the search for meaning. It's a choice. So it's, 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 <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Are you, are, what are your plans for the rest of your life or just like next? You know, it's funny. I, <laughs> I'm 52 and I'm, you know, not definitely oh. sure exactly what everything's going to be, but I, I definitely wanted to get this book in the world. And so I'm now working on a second book. It's called. Oh, wow. Up bow, down bow about his cello with his cello teacher. We're co-authoring and working on that book. And then I'm also um, part of a movie right now called Elementary. Um, I don't know how that happened. Really, it's a whole what? <laughs> what? It's getting filmed. Um, it was filmed. Started filming last week, and we're going to do a little more this next week. And um, I have two roles in the movie. One is a speaking part, and I've never done that. So. It's just been really interesting to learn a new industry. Yeah. And, um, I'm really enjoying, you know, teaching as well, because I'm still doing the English language learning it, at the same time, and I'm enjoying that. So I don't know, maybe become a ballerina. I don't know. <laughs> I never know what's going to happen. I just, I want to always keep learning, and I want to keep growing. I'm taking this course through Penn, and I'm enjoying that so much and all the people that I'm meeting and all the things that I'm learning. I yeah. thought I was open-minded and now I'm realizing that I didn't know as much as I thought. <laughs> like I, I just love learning. So no, I love I'm that. Not sure. That's the consistency of oh, just learning. Cause like, yeah. I, I understand that like retiring early in life and just like stopping leads to like such a sedentary and such a boring life. But like, Find it something to do continuously, like just like I have to do this. Oh, maybe this is a cool thing to do. Like it's just, it's quite marvelous, in my opinion. Yeah, it's good. It's good to keep growing. I think you know we're all. Um, it's a process. Yeah. And what advice would you give to like people my age or even younger? Like, what advice would you give us to like, you know, kind of find that purpose and like. So I, I think one of the biggest things is I would try as much as possible to talk to people around you, talk to your teachers, do what you're doing, create these opportunities to create those connections and those relationships. Because oftentimes in my life, what's helped me most is those relationships with other people. Okay. And, um, the idea of wonder and always having that wonder about life, like what makes you curious? What makes you want to have that purpose? Mm. And then finding joy. What gives you joy? Um, you know, is it having that coffee, watching the sunrise? Is it taking a walk with your friend? And then self-care. I'm learning about that in my class right now and how, you know, we're all in trauma right now with this pandemic and the racial things going on. And we need to take care of ourselves. Yes. And that's, you know, primary, like Maslow, like safety, food, you know, all those things that are so important. And then we can give to others, good sleep, you know, exercise, taking care of yourself is primary. Um, you know, I had breast cancer and I, I often forget that I had that cancer because it just, um, I don't know, I just forget because I'm so busy. <laughs> but, um, it was a gentle reminder of, you know, how important nutrition is and yes. uh, your attitude, forgiveness and um, exercise. Yeah. I personally own a company called Babs Advanced Nutrition and also like with the sector of Invictus, 
and like we deal with just educating people about nutrition because I believe it's probably the most vital thing to just having a well-rounded life. Yeah. Like, it starts with your gut. It starts with your <laughs> feed yourself. Yeah. To avoid disease and illnesses and sicknesses that that's important. It's um, totally, totally key. Yeah. And, um, you know, my doctor for the cancer, the oncologist says that one of the number one ways to keep it away is exercise. It's been proven that research has shown that exercise helps. So yes, yes. And we off to exercise when we're done. <laughs> yeah, you need 30 minutes of it every day and that's it. Like, oh, not even every day, like four days. Yeah. We can, you just feel better, especially now with all the stress. It's, it's so important to just, you know, get out there and move and do what you love. So. Yes, yes. That's my big advice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But thank you for being here, Nancy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been, you know, really an honor. And I just love seeing you growing up as you're, you know, coming through your college years. It's amazing. So, thank you. Appreciate thanks it. for this opportunity. Yes. Uh, thank you. Bye. Namaste. <laughs>